This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 168, Comic Talk, DC Marvel Solicitations for August 2014. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast for episode 168. It is the Comic Talk episode that looks at the solicitations for uh, both DC and Marvel for August 2014. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Today, uh, I'm going to be joined by a uh, friend of the show and previous guest, AJ Reese, who's making his first appearance in the show in quite some time. Uh, so he'll be joining us on the show. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, first, I just wanted to quickly give some the information on uh, how to contact us. You can email comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, you can also like the show on Facebook. Also, please uh, rate and review us on iTunes as well as subscribe on, on sorry subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Um, just looking forward to future episodes. We're going to have an episode. Uh, I guess what one seventy I guess is going to be our uh, Days Future Past movie episode. It's going to be coming out unfortunately not the day of uh, the release of the film because I'm not actually seeing it day of release. Shock, shock. Uh, as instead I'm going to be seeing it uh, on this coming Sunday. Uh, so the episode will be up sometime next week. Uh, looking forward to what's going to be coming down uh, the pike in June. Um, on the suggestion of one of our uh, listeners, Tom Kerr, I am going to try and get an episode up uh, focusing on the Fantastic Four, maybe even the Avengers, in terms of a, a top five episodes. And so we are joined by AJ Reese returning to the program for the first time in almost a year as we're going to go through our DC and Marvel solicitations for 2014. AJ, welcome back to the show. What's up, Adam? Good to be back, bud. And glad to have you back on the on the show, and this time our uh, audio won't overlap with each other. Here's hoping. So uh, the first thing we have, if when we pull up our uh, Newsarama link to the uh, full solicitations for DC, the first thing that stares us right in the face is the long-awaited, well, depending on who you are, uh, Multiversity Number One by Grant Morrison and Ivan Reyes. What are your What are your thoughts on this? Cautiously optimistic? I don't know. It's hard to tell with Grant. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, and the fact that it's been so long in the backlog kind of makes me wonder where this is going to fit in, what this is going to do, and how important this is going to be. I hope it's just a fun ride, but I I don't know. I'll pick up issue number one, see what it looks like, and give it a shot for sure. I find it terrifying um, just because I don't trust it. Just the description. Prepare to meet the Vampire League of Earth-43, the Justice Riders of Earth-18, Doc Fate, uh, Atomic Knights, Dino Cops. Like, it's... It could be everything right. What and, in the world is this thing going to be? It could be everything that Grant Morrison should be when, like, the the craziness in his mind distilled into a comic, and just going and just busting loose and doing everything. But it could also be the biggest nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it can be a flaming turd. I don't know. But it's Ivan Reyes, and so I mean, it's going to look beautiful. Like, his art is great. I mean, his Aquaman and Justice League was fantastic, and at least he's tying it back to what he did in Action Comics because you have the, the President Superman character, so... Right. I know there's a lot of people, I'm unfortunately, I guess, not one of them, but there's a lot of people excited to see Captain Carrot from um, what I've heard. Theoretically, I'm excited to see Captain Carrot. If it's if it's not a Wally West Captain Carrot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> You know, it's sad when you say that, I instantly know exactly what you mean. Yep. Like, just yep. a character with the name and nothing else? Yep, pretty much. Like, is it just going to be, like, a, basically Carrot Top? Like, a guy with the red hair? You see, he goes, here's your Captain Carrot, except it's not Captain Carrot at all. No. Um, so, Ivan Reyes is not on Justice League anymore, so when we look at Justice League by Jeff Johns and Doug Monkey is now joining the book, so 
Um, I'm not how, too sure how I feel about that because I really liked I, Ivan Reyes on Justice League and taking him off feels like a misstep. I haven't been reading a whole lot of Justice League since early on in the run. I'm curious to see what they do with the Power Ring thing as a big Green Lantern fan. I don't really know what Jessica Cruz is going to do. And at the end of the uh, Jeff Johns here, they talked about Simon Baz and uh, Jessica Cruz. Well, the one female Lantern or whatever there would be. So that indicates it's supposed to be her. But I don't... I completely I don't forgot about that. So thank you for you know yeah. connecting the dots for me. So she's showing up here. But I don't know to what connection that is with the Green Lanterns. And seemingly right now, there's a ton of Green Lanterns. So I don't know where they're all going to go that she and Simon would be the last two. So I'm curious for that reason, not much else. Okay. Um, I'm curious because I read part of the new Justice League that just came out today, actually, as we speak. Um, So I'm interested to see where they go with the whole Lex Luthor on the Justice League thing. But it feels so short-term. Like, you know it won't last that yeah. I don't know if it really makes me care that much. Yeah. Like, it doesn't It doesn't feel like a valid change to the status quo that I actually think it's going to last long enough for me to care. Instead, it feels like this will maybe last a story, then it has to go back. Although, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I don't know if it means enough for me to care, honestly. Fair it's enough. It's just not a story that's pulling me in that much. Uh, then we got Justice League United by Lemire and McCone. Um, I did was not a big fan of the first issue. Um, well, it was all right, I guess. I like the McCone artwork, but I don't know. The story is a little bit... It feels too fantastical for the way they've been trying to write the New 52. And to suddenly have Adam Strange and this kind of quirky, fun it, fun adventure with the very dour, uh, you know, lack of fun sensibility that the New 52 seems to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you, are you still buying much of the New 52? Uh, I'm sticking with my Green Lanterns. I've got Green Lantern, Red Lantern, uh, Sinestro we'll jump down to later. I'm enjoying. Uh, that's that's about it. I'll dabble every once in a while on a Batgirl because uh, I like Gail Simone. That's that's about it. It hasn't really struck a chord with me. I'm going back and reading older stuff right now. Well, I mean, that's that's still fun. You know uh, what trade paperback you should find just because it feels so quaint now? Is the uh, Supergirl Many Happy Returns trade paperback? If you if you can find it, I remember finding it for cheap a few years ago. Uh, it's by Peter David, I believe by Ed Bennis, and it's the last uh, Linda Danvers um, Supergirl story before Kara Zor-El came back. So this yeah. is around two thousand four. Um, okay. It is so much fun. It's really silly. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm working right now. This is straight tangent, which is normally not what we want to do. But uh, um, Have just... you listened to this show before? It's all I, about tangents. I know. I'm just saying we'll end up four hours from now with Adam, with you just going, oh, this has gone way too long. This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> Sounds about um, right. But I'm like 12 issues away from an entire Jeff, uh, JSA run into Justice Society. So like the, I think around 2000, I, would, I think Goyer started it, yep. all the way up until... A few years ago, when I guess when the reboot happened, um, yeah. when Justice Society of America kicked in, so I'm about 12 issues from a full run, and I'm I'm pumped for that. So literally anything from about 2000 to about 2010, it I think is what I'm going to consider my DC. But okay, that's that's a really good book too. By uh, I guess what Goyer and Robinson started it. Started yeah, yeah, yeah. That's solid. Um, I actually they just came out with an omnibus of that, or they're coming out with one. So you could have just waited and gotten a giant hardcover. I, I probably could have. 
probably could have, but I'm a sucker for my singles. I love single issues so much. I used to feel the same way, and then I had like 8,000 of them, and then I started to feel less that way. I'm getting there. I'm getting there way too fast. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, and, and whenever you move, it becomes more of a hassle. And I was just thinking that. I bet I'm going to hate them a lot more when I have to box them all up and try and move them. But. Yeah, well, I mean, at least you're moving farther, so you may not have friends helping you move, but when you move within your city and your friends have to help you move, like, crates and crates of comics, you are the most hated man in the world. What do you think about the Future's End stuff coming up? We got um, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, I can't... I, I really don't care, because it's weird because it takes place already five years removed of, yeah. of the quote-unquote current continuity, which is already problematic enough. And then you also have the issue that it's just not good, um, which is problematic. Because, I mean, the first few issues, I just I, I can't tell you how uninteresting I found it. Uh, issue zero was not good either. I mean, like, it, it was just um, the whole idea of uh, the weird kind of robotic, weird mind, kind of mind-wipe versions of the Justice League. It felt, in some ways, way too much like Rot World. Um, yeah. visually, because then it was just like the same type of thing. Weird, hideously deformed versions of the Justice League. And not only that, it just seems so bland. I got the Zero issue in the first issue, and I I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but like with Countdown and other things, I just look at the first few issues and I go, this isn't 52. And it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. 52 caught me right from the beginning. And if it's going to be a weekly pickup, it's got to just get you going every week. Well, especially something like this, because like Batman Eternal feels like it doesn't necessarily need to be one long overarching story because yeah. it's just it's basically just a weekly Batman book and we, the Batman world. Yeah, because yeah, we don't really have like a, a good solid Batman book right now that's in the current continuity. We have a bunch of books, but nothing's really taken hold as being like kind of the flagship because right. the actual flagship is too busy telling a zero year story. Well, so, we'll get down to that, but apparently that's our solicit for this month for Batman, is it's jumping into what's been happening in Eternal. So I guess they are going to start to weave in and out, but... Which, finally, but up until that, up until August, I mean, that, that'll have been, what, four months of Eternal? So right. that is the new flagship Batbook, and it doesn't need to have this, you know, big overarching mission, whereas with New 52 Future's End, it is set up with that principal, you know, concept of something's gone wrong, Batman Beyond comes back, but... I don't even know why they bothered putting him five years removed. That just seems like a weird decision. Um, bringing him in flat, yeah. You know, and and then it just makes it harder to really connect with the story because it's kind of a, a giant what if anyway because we don't even know if our characters are ever going to get to that point. Agreed. Although, yeah, I mean, now that being said, have you read Forever Evil number seven? No, I have not. Have you heard of any of the spoilers? Um, none of the major ones, no. That just came out this week, didn't it? That or came out today as we speak, today. so I won't say anything about it, but there's definitely rumors about the fact that all the weeklies are going to end next March, and next April kind of represents something important for the DC Universe. Right. Um, so I'm wondering... Well, if you want to put a spoiler warning for everybody out there listening, I don't care. I'm like, more worried about you. I, I don't, I mean, the other people, I mean, they they know... <laughs> Or, or, or they will know. Um, well, okay, so, well, potential spoilers for Forever Evil number 7, then. Uh, the last page basically has uh, the, the, this big force that has been destroyed the um, the crime syndicate's world and all this stuff. Right. Uh, very appropriately, it was the Anti-Monitor. Okay. And it looks like the Anti-Monitor is trying to destroy worlds and, and absorb, the, I guess, their energies, whatever. And it looks like he's got maybe a beef with Darkseid, which is kind of interesting. So this is our New 52 Anti-Monitor first appearance? 
I believe so. Okay. So, and next April, April 2015, marks the 30th anniversary of Crisis. Ah. So, the the kind of, the assumption, I mean, jumping way ahead of everyone's selves, but uh, would be that with all these weeklies ending next March and having 2015 be the, the 30th anniversary of Crisis, maybe we're about to have a new one. Yeah, let's retell the story we've told, but slightly different. New 52. Well, if it somehow leads into a resetting of the 52 into something different, or maybe bringing back the old continuity? It won't. You know it won't. You know in your heart it I won't. Don't know that, I don't know that's true anymore. I think uh, it's possible that, the, that they could somehow combine the New 52 and the pre-New 52, because there are some elements of the New 52 that are worth keeping. The Court of Owls... Um, those types of concepts are worth porting into the traditional DCU. Um, a lot of it, you could probably do without. I think they're too far down the well now to turn back. I don't think they'll... I don't think that's ever true. You're never too far gone. I mean, if you think about we'll it... See. We'll, we'll see think, come next year, but... True, but if you think about it, I mean, DC waited, um, what, 24 years after Crisis to finally say, you know, fuck it, we're, we're, we're restarting everything again. No one would thought they would ever actually do that. Right? I mean, so, I mean, it's possible. I mean, they they made a huge decision that I don't think most people... Most people would not have thought in 2011 that they were going to wipe out everything. I know I didn't. And then they did, so maybe they'll bring it back, because if you don't expect it, then it's possible. DC, doing what you never thought they would actually be dumb enough to do. Um, you know, I, I can't quite get on with that sentiment, because... It took it took balls to do what they did with the new fifty two, and I give them credit for sticking with it as long as they have. They've had some really big commercial successes and a lot of critical failures too. Um, well, I don't it's, know. It's a mixed bag. I'll say this: the reboot I didn't. We're again, man, hard side tangent here. I think we've gotten through three previews so far, but anyway, <laughs> I didn't mind rebooting. I hated the fact that from the interviews I read, they pretty much gave an open policy to the writers themselves to say hey whatever you liked of the old continuity toss in there if you didn't like the old continuity just make it new continuity mm. and so you end up with this hodgepodge mishmash of some continuity some not continuity and it's never been ironed out of what happened and what didn't so like all the green lantern history can't technically have happened as it happened because you can't have blackest night because superman and wonder woman haven't died in new 52 but somehow that happened because jeff johns references it so it it's Things don't line up at all. And now, just... AJ, I'm glad I can't see you right now because I think I would see nose coming out of your, uh, sorry, blood coming out of your nose, uh, <laughs> trying to it reconcile it all. Infuriates me. Infuriates. Uh, well, let's move on. To more previews then. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Justice League Dark. I didn't realize that uh, J.M. DeMatteis was writing this. I have no interest in really reading the characters, but I love him as a writer. That I'm considering at some point maybe jumping back. Yeah. Um, Green Arrow, I haven't been following that at all. Although I'm intrigued that they're bringing back the, uh, or at least they're they're referencing the Longbow Hunters, which, I mean, you can't say something like that without referencing the uh, Mike Grell classic uh, with Green Arrow that kind of revolutionized the character in the uh, late 80s. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting that they're even mentioning it. Yeah, I'm sad to say my greatest exposure to Green Arrow is a little bit of, of Green Lantern, Green Arrow, team-ups and the tv show that's that's 
That's not uh, bad. Uh, Green Arrow has never been a character that struck me too much. Well, speaking uh, as a good opportunity then, uh, I believe in the July solicits they announced uh, a hardcover for uh, Kevin Smith's version of uh, Green Arrow that brought him back to the living, um, I guess, what, maybe eight, ten years ago? And it's it's actually it's, it's a solid read. So you have that. Good to know. Um, then we have Flash 34 by uh, Venditti and Van Jensen as we see more of the feature Flash and dealing with the potential death of Wally West. Um, and it looks like Wally's going to meet Daniel the Reverse Flash. I forgot that that technically makes Daniel West his uh, the Reverse Flash's uncle. Um, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to care. I read the first issue. I, I read the annual... Uh, I really wanted to like it. Um, I think part of it is the, the whole idea of a, of a dark feature flash. It's been done before. It was done in the 90s by Mark yeah. Wade. We had Walter West, who was both uh, literally and figuratively um, scarred uh, by his choices, and then he came back to the present. Uh, so this isn't new. It's not that exciting. Um, they should have not even bothered with Wally West because this isn't what people wanted. They, everyone, when they said we want Wally West, they didn't want a character called Wally West. They wanted Wally West as the Flash, and I mean, yes, they wanted a white Wally West, but that's not really have anything to do with it. They just wanted a character that they recognized as being the character they loved for over, like what thirty, forty years. Like the character's been around yeah. since the you know, I guess what late fifties or early sixties. So he's been around like fifty years, and you don't have any respect for that. I am all for well, introducing new characters and and not having comics be so white, but. This is a very long-standing character, and again, he doesn't have to be non-white, but it just felt like it felt like change for Chang's sake, and not for any real reason of the story. Oh, agreed. Yeah, and it's been said before from others, but if you wanted a different kind of Wally West, don't call him Wally West. Wally West is who he is. He's that character, and you can retool that character's background a little, but you can't fundamentally change the person itself and still call it the same person. Yeah, you gotta just just slap a different something you know any billy west or something else and then keep trucking and just go well this is kind of like wally but it's not hold on if it's if it's billy west if it's billy west can he still be the voice actor on futurama yes that is he would have to be uh well moving on from the disappointment that is the flash um we have aquaman continues by jeff parker still very good what a what a turnaround. You talk about one of the few things that really has shined out of the New 52. Can you imagine sitting back a few years ago going, man, Aquaman's going to have a pretty neat-looking 34th issue. Yeah, I, I would have... It's going to make it at least five issues. Yeah, no, I would have told you you were a damn dirty liar. Um, yeah, yeah, I never would have expected... It, I mean, that it, was, it would be that good for that long, that sustained, and be just an enjoyable book. And not only... Well, it had been an enjoyable book, but it will have created characters that were popular enough to have a spin-off that Aquaman right. also stars in. So Aquaman now has two ongoings. Unreal. What a crazy world we live in. Absolutely. Um, so I'm interested, I, and I'm really enjoying Aquaman and the others, so I mean, that's... I, I just like the others as characters. Um, and Lam Medina's doing a good job on the art. Dan Jurgens. I just... I have I have some weird man love for J- Dan Jurgens. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think... A I got my fingers... For uh, the others, Heroclix uh, versions and all the, the uh, relics and whatnot coming off their items. Oh man, that'd be awesome! Needs to happen. Oh, that, that actually, you know, that'd be like a good like uh, Fast Forces too, because you don't need them. Like you're not, you're never gonna have an Aquaman set. Yeah, it's got to sell better than the Ravagers did. 
Oh, uh, I... Take that, Ravagers fans. That's not hard. Uh, well, sorry, are there Ravagers fans? Both of them. Yes, poor guys. Uh, poor Ravagers. Oh, well. Uh, then we have Secret Origins number five, and this is going to have Origins of Cyborg by Marv Wolfman, which is interesting because he's obviously one of the main creators of the character. I uh, got Red Hood by Scott Lobdell and Paulo, Paolo Sequera. And then you got a, a Mira story by Jeff Parker and uh, Alvaro Martinez and Raul Fernandez. Um, I, I, pardon me? Go, I was going to say, what's the background on these Secret Origins issues? I don't know why, but for some odd reason, I'm not familiar at all with them. What are they supposed to be doing? Other than, obviously, the title says Origins. but um, it's, it's basically giving you kind of origins for these characters that may have not been covered in their own books. Uh, giving you maybe a slant on those origins you haven't seen before. Um, in theory, I think it's a great idea. Um, because didn't we see Cyborg's origin, though, in the Justice League when he got all turned into Cyborg? Didn't we technically yeah, see Yeah, I, I feel like we might see something around his origin, like not necessarily the actual origin, but something about like maybe the short shortly thereafter, because we kind of just saw the in- initial adventure with the Justice League, and then we kind of jumped forward five years. Sure. So okay. there's a that makes sense. so there's a lot of real estate for them to cover with uh, with Cyborg, or maybe even delving a little bit more into what happened before the incident that became, you know, again his main origin into Cyborg. Like there's a lot of I don't know I I feel like there's just a lot of potential in this idea. Um, I wish we were getting more kind of weird fringe characters. I mean, you got Cyborg, Red Hood, and Mira. They're all kind of stars of their own book, or more well not Cyborg, but I mean. He, but he's one of the Justice League, so it's not like we're really getting an obscure character. Tough, too. I know it's 48 pages, but a $5 price tag on that to hard sell is just kind of an impulse to pick up by for me. Yeah, it is. But I, I guess what I like about it, too, is, though, it does function nicely as an anthology in that you don't need to be, you know, you could just pick up issue 5. You don't need issues 1 sure. to 4. The collector mentality might demand that you have them, but nothing in the story will demand it, which is nice and freeing. Uh, next up is Grayson. I, I can't tell you how uninterested I am about this. I completely agree. I couldn't give a crap. They're, I just don't care at all. They're really trying. I mean, I, I just don't get it. If you want to kill Nightwing, just kill him already. Like, don't do this. I mean, Nightwing was I a see, fun book. I read the description. It says, Grayson digs deeper into the mysterious organization known as Spiral. And I'm like, oh, there's a new keyword nobody will play. I'm going to relate everything to Hero Clicks, FYI. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I like that Helena Bertinelli's in there, although didn't we already get a false Helena Bertinelli already in the New 52, and then who died, and then we got a, a, a girl using her identity but ended up being the, the huntress Helena Wayne. So who is this new Helena Bertinelli? The thing Maybe. is, I don't actually well, care. I don't, yeah, yeah. Then we have the new Suicide Squad, so... Basically, the last title didn't work, so we're gonna try and relaunch it with a, with a you know a new number one and see if that does better. Marvel does it all the time. Maybe it'll work for us. Anything that has the uh, quote unquote Joker's daughter in it, I'm actively avoiding. Yeah, I agree completely. I don't care at all. Uh, I feel the same yeah. way about. If I... no. Sorry, but go I was... ahead. Yeah, not this. I was gonna say if I want to read something with Harley Quinn, it won't it won't be this. Unfortunately, no. There's actually some really high quality uh, Harley Quinn trades coming out of her original book, um, which is bound to be better. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we've got Teen Titans coming out. I don't care at all. I'm glad to see it come back, just because I think there needs to be a Teen Titans book on the shelf. But if it's not any, I, like, I, 
I'm hesitant at hoping that it's going to be a decent Teen Titans book. I don't think we've had a really good one in a little while. Um, and I like some of the new Titans that they've come out with, but they just the stories haven't been enough to capture me lately. So maybe a reboot will actually help this a little bit. I'm sure the fact that it's being rebooted at all is evidence that it hasn't captivated anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have Infinity Man and the Forever People by Keith Giffen and Dan DiDio. I'm interested in giving this a shot, but I don't have a lot of hope. Yeah. And then there's, let's see, three books. Could I, be neat, could be nothing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be good. Um, three books I, I don't care about at all. Uh, Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie number two. I don't even know how someone greenlit this. Yeah. Uh, are they that desperate to keep the number of titles to 52? Is it still 52? Is that actually a thing? I thought that was over a little while back. Like, I didn't think it was still 52 titles. I have no idea, to be honest. But if, if they were, this would be good evidence of them doing anything to achieve the number. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Cancelled after six issues. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, then we have the last issue of Trinity of Sin, The Phantom Stranger. I cannot even believe it made it to 22 issues. I don't know how it made it to 22 issues, because Pandora's only 14. I guess Phantom Stranger started a few issues sooner, didn't it? Like, it earlier? D- it did, yeah. And then Pandora okay, Pandan- Pan- Pandora is ending as well. Yeah, which is, I guess, I'm sure there's some reason they're ending them both in the same month. Like, maybe they're going to try and wrap all of that kind of Trinity Ascend stuff up. Or maybe but... it's because each one is selling about five copies. <laughs> or maybe that. <laughs> uh, then we've got uh, Justice League 3000, number nine. Now, are you buying this? I am not. Um, I'm a buddy of mine's buying it and pretty much just kind of pushed it on me and said, I want you to read this because I don't think you'll ever buy it. And I was like, you're right. I would never buy this. Um, but I read the first six issues and it's fun. It's, it's a different twist. I'm not going to say it's for everybody. I could certainly understand somebody picking it up and just going, nah, I, I don't like this. Um, but it's, it's fun and a little quirky and it's far enough outside continuity since it's, you know, year 3000 and whatnot, that you can play around with things and nothing's real sacred. Like, they don't worry about... They've, they've killed main characters off and just vaporized them, and it's like, well, uh, what's it matter? It's 3,000 years in the future, and clearly these aren't... You know, this isn't Clark Kent, this isn't Bruce Wayne, so we can kind of have leverage. And so I enjoy the fact that you can read the book and not actually know what's going to happen, um, or that ev- not everybody may make it out of certain situations, and if they die in this, they probably are just dead. Um... I guess it's not given too much. It was it was revealed in like issue four. So if you don't know by now, then you either don't care or are reading this book and already know. But they're all like revived clones of their original counterparts, and uh, so you've got Superman who wasn't ever raised by the Kents. You've got Batman who never had his parents shot. You've got Wonder Woman who's just kind of rage fueled. Um, and so, at least through the first couple issues that I've read, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen by nine here. But they've been fighting off against uh, five faces, I think. The five? Yeah, the five. Faces, the force of the United Justice League. That's what they're called, the five. It's been a few minutes since I read the first five issues. It's okay. But, uh, and the five are just, like, super-powered, you know, telepathic, teleporting, do everything. And so they just pretty much kick the Justice League, you know, down the toilet um, and are running the whole, whole universe show and whatnot. Um, it's a fun book. Like I said, I'm not going to try and sell it and say it's for everybody. It's it's probably my Red She-Hulk, if you will. Um, Aww. It's, 
Fans of the show will get that. You got it. This People is true. I, mean I enjoy it. Doesn't mean it's for everybody. And I'm sure if other people read it, they'd just be like, this is crap. But for some people out there, I think it's a fun ride. And at two ninety nine price point, I don't feel like I'm, you know, getting gypped out of my money just for some crappy book. So That is true, actually. I hadn't thought about that. It is a two ninety nine price point, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, Gif- Giffen and Demateus do a pretty solid job of it and are just telling their own little story. I mean, I don't think it'll ever be a classic run or anybody will ever, oh, no, the omnibus went out of print. But... You know, it's fun to read if you've got a few extra bucks and want a book that's doing something a little bit different. Okay. Uh, then we got Constantine. I, I, not for me, personally. Not for me, but I love that cover. I think the cover's really neat on that I issue. agree. The cover is very cool. Uh, then we have the last issue of World's Finest. Again, I'm kind of surprised it went two years. Agreed. Agreed. And are they going to... It says Power Girl and Huntress return to Earth 2 just when their homeworld needs the most... So I wonder if they're going to end up, are we just going to kind of stick Power Girl on Earth 2 and leave her there with Huntress? Is that where they're going to reside for now? Well, Power Girl's on the cover of Earth 2, number 26, and it says, uh, let's see, uh, familiar faces arrive on Earth 2 via the boom tube, so I would imagine yes. Or Yeah, see, that's a, I haven't been reading enough to know if the boom tube lets them go back and forth between Earths or not. Not so, so. far, but it, I mean, Darkseid seems able to go to any Earth he wants, so I would imagine it's not a big problem. Is it okay? Well, catch me up on that. Is it the same dark side going from planet to planet? I believe they've confirmed that in multiple interviews that it is the same dark side, and that he has been able to go to multiple realities. So the basic, interesting. Which, which, to be honest, I believe is the original kind of concept of dark side was that when crisis happened, there is only one dark side. Gotcha. There is one apocalypse. I don't know my dark side history that well. I suppose. You know what? I don't think most people do. Uh, I think they, they, they uh, he's one of those characters that people kind of know, but they don't really know, and I, I'm just as guilty. I mean, I've read yeah. a few good storylines with him, but I've never really read most of the Fourth World stuff. I can't really claim to knowing what the hell's going on. What do you, uh, what do you think of the Wonder Woman? Azrael is still going at it. Um, I think when he's done, I will buy all the trades and give it a shot. I have not really kept up with it at all. I will absolutely agree with that statement. I, I got a buddy who's reading it and just swears by it, and it's his favorite book of, from DC. And I've heard that from a few different people who read it, but I didn't really start paying attention until about episode, or episode issue 16 or 17, and by that point in time, I didn't want to be that far behind. So, yep, when, when Azarello wraps up, I do think that those will be some must-buy trades from what I've heard. Or an omnibus. I mean, it might be you know a nice, big, thick omnibus, and that's worth it. Uh, then we've got Superman Wonder Woman 11. This uh, starts all the Doom Saga stuff. Or it continues it, because it started this month. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, starts it as far as our preview section goes Oh, yeah, here. sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I've read, like, I think, Chapter 2. I, I just don't think it's, I don't know, I'm not that interested, but uh, it's going to be happening for the next, like, three or four months, so I might as well get on board. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at least impressed to see they tried something different. They didn't just bring Doomsday back and try and make Doomsday different. I mean, they kind of did, but they made him affect Superman to kind of tell a different angle to the story. So, you know, I don't know if it's for me necessarily. I'm not the biggest Superman fan to start with, but I'll applaud them for at least trying something different. The thing is, I think it would be more effective if he wasn't the New 52 Superman. Because the New 52 Superman's already, like, he's not... 
he's not the uh, the elder statement statesman. He's not the one everyone trusts. Like it just doesn't work that way in the New Fifty Two. The way that they've set it up. So and there's just not there's also just not as many heroes, and the heroic community isn't as close and tight knit. So him being infected and and becoming this monster, I don't think tells the same type of story than it would have in the pre New Fifty Two when it would have I think meant more. Yeah, I'm curious in the. Uh... Skipping from down from Superman and Wonder Woman number eleven to Superman Doom number two, in the uh, in the little text box there it says uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Steel, Supergirl are joined by Starfire, Guy Gardner, and Green Lantern Simon Baz, even Swamp Thing. Um, I wonder if it's going to be Red Lantern, Guy Gardner, and if so, why is he involved? I can kind of see Simon Baz because he's the Earth Lantern right now. So if Superman's running around Earth. That makes sense. I guess maybe Guy Gardner would be involved because it's his sector right now. But it seems odd to bring in a Green Lantern and a Red Lantern other than just to say, oh, hey, look at all the people that are here. I guess kind of Swamp Thing for that matter, too. But Incredibly strange. Yeah, it's an odd assortment of characters to try and bring down a doomsday-powered Superman. But I kind of like stuff like that, when they just kind of throw weird shit against the walls. So that might actually be a recipe for success. Poor Steel. He just keeps showing up and Doomsday's there and just keeps getting his ass kicked by Doomsday every time. Yep, that's uh, what he gets. <laughs> Oh, Doomsday's here, guys? Let me run outside right quick and get pounded into the si- sidewalk. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, then we've got Superman 34. So this is uh, continuing the Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr. Uh, era. I'm excited to see what it's like. Yes. Uh, I'm wondering which version of Romita this will be. Will this be the I'm working too fast and everything looks bulky but not really well rendered Romita? Or will it be the Romita where he's had a bit of lead time and he's putting all of his work into it? And see, I kind of wanted the same thing about Jeff Johns. Is this the Jeff Johns who's going to stop and take his time and really kind of reset the character on the right path? Or is this the Jeff Johns who's kind of got his attention divided on a few other things and kind of, you know, mainline running DC and checking all the main books and kind of phones in a Superman story and we just keep with the status quo, mediocre, not even really top-billed Superman? Here's the thing. I think the problem is Superman. I think Superman is infecting these good writers like Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns, and he's think he's making them do subpar work. They've all got the doomsday virus. Exactly. They're all doomed. <laughs> well, because, I mean, Scott Snyder did Superman Unchained, and where did that go? It's fizzled yeah. out. It releases, well, front, I guess. It, it releases once in a while, and then no one seems to care. I think it's over now, isn't it? I think it's still not yet over. I think it's over soon. Wow. I it, really thought that book was wrapped up in my mind, so... Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's... It, that's that's sad. And they, they brought yeah. out a new title for it, too, right? So... Yeah. Uh, then we've got Action Comics continuing the Superman Doom saga. You have uh, Supergirl tying in. It looks like she's no longer... Uh, she's no longer a Red Lantern by this point. Yeah, I'm curious, because that's not very far from now. So how is she not a Red Lantern, and how is she not dead because she's not a Red Lantern? So Good question. Yeah, I was kind of sad to see that already. I really hope they keep her a Red Lantern for at least a year or so. But well, looks like not. that's not going to happen. Uh, we've got Superboy ending, um, which is Superboy battling an army of Superboys from across the multiverse. That sounds like fun. It does. It does. And I'm curious to see what kind of winks and nods they make to possibly like the original, the old 52, uh, the old DC Superboy and kind of what other, you know, you can always pull out anything you want out of multi-universe stories. So 
what are these other Superboys going to be, and who might we see? For sure, for sure. Um, let's see, what is after that? We got Batman think, Eternal. A whole lot of them. Love it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Um, I'm excited for issue 18 because I liked Andy Clark's uh, artwork on the most recent issue. Um, yeah. Then issue 19 has Emmanuel Simeone, not as excited. Uh, issue 20, also by Simeone. Issue 21, Jason Fabok, who I've loved on this book. So that's two yep. of four title, two of the four Batman Eternals I'm really excited for. Of the two, not as much. <laughs> just because of the art, because it's just not the same tone, whereas Andy Clark seems to have a close enough style to what uh, what Fabok was doing. And Fabok's artwork, I don't know what it is, but I just, I'm such a big fan of the way uh, he depicts Batman, and the colorist he has is, is just gor- gorgeous work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been picking it up weekly just for the price point of a $3 book each week, but the issues I flipped through and kind of keeping up with the story, it seems it seems like a good endeavor. If you're a Batman fan, I don't know why you wouldn't be picking this up. For sure, and I, it it is closer to feeling like this... It's not 52, nothing is ever going to be 52, but it's so damn close in terms of quality because um, yeah. it feels like they have a very clear mission statement in their mind on what type of story we're telling... Um, how they're going to have the story kind of um, they're, they're introducing plot lines and then they're letting things actually simmer on the back burner and it doesn't feel like they forgot about them they're just letting them breathe so that they're playing a long story yeah uh, absolutely and that's something unfortunately in comics these days you don't see as much like when you go back and you read comics in the 70s 80s and unfortunately to almost too much extent the 90s you have a lot of people playing the long game um, and writers, yeah. and you just—it's just the marketplace that doesn't support that anymore. So, in a weekly book, I mean, they're able to do that a little bit more. That's what I loved about uh, the brand new day era of Spider-Man. I didn't like how they got to brand new day, but once they were there, I felt like I was—I just loved having a three times a month comic, and uh, it was just something I don't know—very episodic about it. it. Felt more like I was watching a television show every week. And I was more willing to let some issues slide, even though they weren't maybe as good, because, well, I'm going to get an issue next week. Who cares? <laughs> Whereas right, right. when I get one issue a month, I kind of need to put it to a higher standard. I don't know why, but it's just because I'm not going to get the next issue for so long, I need to have something to tide me over. Whereas if I'm getting three issues a, a, week, a month, or in this case, a Batman Eternal 4, they have more chances to surprise me and, and keep me excited. I make the Game of Thrones reference. Did I get a Tyrion scene this week? No, it's all right, but the show's on next week, and I bet I got a half hour of Tyrion, so it's all good. It's all good. So, Sadly, I don't understand the reference, but I'm sure most people did. Oh, it's, it's Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage's character. Oh, okay. It's well, that, that's enough, then. work right now. Oh, it's so good. See, Game I have loved, and this is obscure, I have loved Peter Dinklage since uh, he did a, a really short a guest-starring role, or kind of recurring character role, on an extremely short-lived uh, TV show on ABC in 2004 called uh, Life as We Know It, okay. um, which was kind of it was it was like a teen drama thing because it was really big in the early 2000s to do those. So ABC tried one, and I really liked it because I thought it was more risque than you normally saw, and it was more told from what I would imagine is more typical male point of view from a teenager point of perspective. And he played a guidance counselor on it, and he was just really funny. And I've liked him <laughs> since then. And whenever I see him, I'm like. I just remember when he was on that show I liked. And now he's yeah. blown up. He's probably one of the main reasons I'd actually go see Days of Future Past, just for some sweet Peter Dinklage trying to kill all the mutants. 
That's well, plus he's rocking an awesome mustache. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Anyway, um, uh, all right, Batman Superman fourteen. <laughs> yes, Batman Superman. Um, I I I've liked the I kind of like the current storyline that they had going with um those crossing over with um World's Finest. Once that's over, I'm probably done. Um, just because I just don't care about Jay Lee's art. It's I mean I think our first our episode we did together last year didn't we talk about the first issue? First issue, yep. I like the fact it's called Part 2 of Forgotten Heroes. I couldn't agree more. It's a forgotten comic book for me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we go to Batman. Uh, it looks like uh, Mateo Scalera is uh, jumping on board to give uh, Capullo some uh, some well-deserved rest. Um, so it's jumping into uh, Batman Eternal. My problem with this, though, is that it goes from this from Batman being a self-contained story way back in the past to instead not kind of just tying into something else that's going on so from a trade yeah. from a trade perspective later it's going to make this series feel more disjointed and having less of an identity of its own going forward yeah hard shift um i am excited though to see it come back to come back to the present and kind of see where it picks up and i'll be interested to see how you weave a monthly book into a weekly book and kind of make it flow but not have things be retold too much i guess Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious to see how it works, but I think Scott will nail it. So, well, I mean, he's writing both, or at least co-writing one of them. So, I mean, it's not difficult, right. I guess. Right. Uh, then we have Batman and Robin number thirty-four. So it's actually called Batman and Robin again. Well, I guess because he's looking for Damien's body, so it's Batman and Dead Robin right now. But, uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in. I don't care. It's great. Um, Tomasi kind of lost me for a little bit right after Damien died, but. Um, yeah. Because of all the weird ways Batman was trying to bring his son back, but then once he came to be okay with that, and then Roz takes the body, then I think the, sh- the series really got a shot in the arm, as we're seeing really strong team-up stories, uh, with Batman kind of having confronted his own demons about his son's death, and now wanting to right. stop his son's resurrections at the hand of, the, uh, of his son's grandfather. Really crazy, fun stuff, Patrick Gleason's doing a good job, I'm excited to see how it continues. I've been reading a few of these lately, yeah, and I'm, I'm right on board with you ever since the kind of, uh, see, I'm trying to think of what the newest issue I read was, but I don't know, I don't remember was exactly it what it was. Batman and Wonder uh, Woman? What's that? Was it Batman and Wonder Woman? That might have been it. I know I read that one. I just can't remember if I read, what was the one before that? Uh, I don't remember. I read a lot Let's of comics. Go <laughs> Let's go with that one. But ever since I announced kind of the search for Damien stuff, I, I jumped back on board just to check it out because I really do like Tomasi. I like the work he did on the Green Lantern Corps back oh, in the day. Sure, and for sure, yeah. The few things he's done have been really, really good. Um, I'm curious to see where they go with this because it's kind of a coin flip. I kind of want Batman to succeed because it's Batman. You're supposed to root for Batman, but I kind of would be intrigued to see Damien come back. So it's one of those whatever happens, it sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm on board. Okay. Uh, we got Detective Comics continuing the Icarus storyline uh, by Manipal and Bucciolato. I'm really digging it. It's good. I know nothing about it, so tell me about it. Um, basically, I mean, what I like about it is that Manipal and Bucciolato have put together an actual detective story. Um, so seeing Batman having to kind of, um, you know, he's it's basically like you know uh, a, de- de- a detective story wrapped in. With a, like a drug that's showing up on the streets of Gotham and trying to you know solve a mystery and also figure out about this drug, um, 
it's it's got a lot of levels to it. The artwork is gorgeous. Um, I just I I didn't think that Manipul and Buchalado could really pull it off, and then I think I've been quite surprised. I know for a while it was tied in with the main Batman book. Is it still the case, or is no. it kind of branched off to its own story? It's been doing its own story. I believe issue 31 was the first issue where Manipul and Buchalado came on, and they're telling their own completely uh, separate story. Gotcha. And gotcha. to be honest, I think it's better for the book. I would agree, probably. We get enough in, in continuity. If you one wants to branch out and just kind of do Batman on their own, that's probably not a bad thing. Then we have uh, Batwoman, which I'm not reading and haven't in, like, maybe 18 issues, and I'm probably not going to start now. Yeah, yeah. nothing about this screams out to, to jump on, even though it is apparently the issue that changes everything. Well, that's what they always say. <laughs> uh, Batgirl, I've fallen, I think... No, I think I'm... Actually, no, I take that back. I think I am actually still current. I'm still enjoying it. Um, it's still... I'm still gains Gail Simone. I love Fernando, Fernando Pissarin. Uh, it remains a really well illustrated book. Um, Gail isn't always the strongest on the script. Um, I, I don't always know if it's her fault. I think it is tough to tell Barbara's Batgirl stories when she's so much more fascinating as Oracle. But uh, I mean, it's it's three years and she's still she's still walking around, literally still That's walking around. I could put that cover on a wall, on a poster on a wall. That's a gorgeous cover to me. I've her up on the billboard and all the bats flying around her and everything. Oh, for sure, that is gorgeous. Yeah. That's a great, great cover on that book. Uh, then we have Harley Quinn number 10, or as I like to call it, DC's Deadpool. Yeah. Because that's really what it feels like. I could not care less. Um, actually, it looks like issues 9 and 10 are coming out. I guess, uh, you know, it's apparently it's selling well. I just I can't imagine how or why. I guess just devoted Harley fans, or uh, I don't know. Is, is that a really a thing, though? Like They're I, out there. Yeah, they're... They're out there. I don't know. I guess they're out there. They're I'm not, sure they're out there. I'm just I'm surprised that there's enough out there to justify two issues a month. Let me put it this way. Harley Quinn's got a 9 and 10, and that's questionable. Catwoman's got a 34. So... Okay, well, hold on a second. Hold on. 34. So, on the one hand, I agree that the way that Catwoman's been portrayed and written, she doesn't deserve to have 34 issues. That being said, the character does. It's not the way it's been going. That's a fair statement, but I don't know how her book ever made it anywhere near 34 with the way it's been written thus far. uh, Because they needed to keep the number going. They can't cancel everything. They can't cancel this and Mr. Terrific. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Then we have the last issue of Birds of Prey, so there's a lot of books ending. I gotta think Birds of Prey is gonna come back, though. I don't Absolutely. Know if it's been announced or not, but I don't see a, I don't see Birds of Prey like Teen Titans. I just don't see it going too long without it resetting. Now, is it going to be the new Birds of Prey or just Birds of Prey relaunched? Uh, of course, it'll be the new Birds of Prey. Of course. Well, Absolutely. you don't know because Teen Titans are just the Teen Titans. I think they stick new on it. We'll see. Next time I'm on, we'll we'll come back and see if new Birds of Prey is a thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> then we we have uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. This is a book I'm kind of surprised is still going on. Yeah, I I read the first few issues of this and just was not on board. And I, yeah, I still don't know what's happening. But I jumped on board right. Um, the issues leading up to or part of the death of the family storyline, which is I guess at this point like a year and a half away or uh, yeah. ago. Um, after that, I they did some weird stuff with Jason Todd's memory, and then I checked out. Now oh, he was uh, he was leading the uh, what are the assassins? Something uh, like that. 
Yeah, he was leading a group of assassins or something. That's what you're talking about, right? Something like that. I think I may have drummed off just before it. Um, I, I honestly couldn't remember. Now, gotcha. okay. uh, speaking okay. of final issues, we got the final issue of Batwing, which I'm kind of sad about. I am too. I really liked the, the character in general, even when they shifted it over to uh, Luke uh, being the new Batwing. But it's just, it was a neat character. It was a different location. It was a different, it was Batman in a different place. And I was I was glad to see it existed. True. Well, I mean, Luke Fox was still in Gotham, but it felt like a different... It really did feel like a different part of Gotham, which is why I think I was okay with it. That being said, when they did the whole weird underground city-ish stuff for a few issues, that really didn't intrigue me at all. But um, hopefully it'll at least go out strong. I don't think we're going to see him be relaunched, but at least he's a, a supporting character in Batman Eternal, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him show up in the in the weekly book and still kind of shine there. Now we have Sinestro by Colin Bunn and Dale Eaglesham. I really enjoyed, I think just, is it just the first issue so far, or did issue two come out? The second one came out today. Oh, today? Okay. Um, I'm waiting to be read. I love Eaglesham, so uh, that was like a big win already. Colin Bunn, half the time he's great, half the time he's not. Um, yeah. But I'm I, happy this is one areas where he seems to be hitting it so far just off the one issue I've read for sure so far although I'm a little bit worried because it feels almost too early to bring in Hal Jordan yeah and to also uh, and the question of where is Parallax I guess has to be answered at some point well you pretty much ask it in the first issue so at least by issue 5 I'm glad honestly they're going to answer that now so you can move on to other things and not drag out where is Parallax for the first year or something like that hopefully they just address it move on and Sinestro can get on to being Sinestro True. Um, now, Green Lantern, it looks like by this point, Uprising will be over. So instead yeah. we're having the Aftermath issues. I'm impressed that they're keeping the price at two ninety nine for these. It's been a long time since Green Lantern's, yeah, been sitting at two ninety nine. I'm amazed it's still there as the kind of flagship Green Lantern book. Yeah, like it's surprising because, I mean, I think they probably could charge the extra dollar, but I, I, I'm, I, I appreciate that they don't. It's kept my money, so yeah, I'm I'm still buying it. <laughs> um, now here's a question, though. I'm looking at the solicitation for Green Lantern Corps 34. How many times can John Stewart's life be turned upside down? I ask myself the exact same question. I feel so sorry for the character, and I just I I almost wish at this point they would kill him off or something, and just let him rest for a while and give him a break. Every time he's put up for murdering somebody, or framed for murder, yeah. or for, forced to blow up a planet, or it's just like, how many times are you going to make poor John Stewart be the get his hands dirty he's, and do what nobody else will do? He's kind of like DC's Matt Murdock in that way. Like, a character who just gets the shit kicked out of him for years. But but at least, I mean, Matt Murdock kind of has that, I don't know, Peter Parker-esque quality where it's like life always kind of craps on him. It's part of his character. And I don't yes. feel like that was ever true for John Stewart. That was never supposed to be his role in life. No. Or his character's, you know journey and it's become that over the past i don't know 10 years true but you never know because people sometimes i mean guy gardner now is mr red lantern that's true whoever thought that character would come around to what he is right now and have a bitchin facial hair yeah we're, we're a far cry from warrior issue one now uh, you you read new guardians right um on on and off i, I picked up the annual um it, New Guardians were really soured for me about the last annual where it was just one big ad for the uh, the spinoff book they did. Um, 
what was that thing? It's already canceled. The guy had the Green Lantern ring in his chest. Um, something uh, I can't think of it now. Way to go, research. Um, but yeah, the last annual was more or less a spinoff, um, and, and it just kind of disappointed me and, and broke me a little bit, especially after his whole journey to being a White Lantern was let me just feel more and I'll become a White Lantern. Yeah, that's um, stupid. Granted, that was way early on, but. I picked up a few issues here and there just to kind of see what was going on, check in and out, but it's it's not a constant book for me, no. No, because um, I read something today, and I, I guess it's technically a spoiler, um, so I don't know if I should say anything to you because you might read it. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Go right ahead. Um, I guess it's so it just feels, feels so predictable yet stupid that I guess Kyle Rayner and and Carol Ferris had a had a kiss. And it re- yes. I'm just like, seriously, that's what they're stooping to now? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels really wrong. That whole storyline needs to be moved on from. Like, we, we get it. That's fine. It's, it's a really hard sell also after you had the conclusion of Jeff John's run where whether those endings come to fruition or not, you see Hal and Carol together. And then you almost immediately transition into Carol going, all right, bye. I'm going over here with Kyle. Um, it, it's a real it, it rings rather false when the guy before you just laid out this other path and then you immediately do something else now granted they could always get back together and whatever but, but it just I don't know it has such a sense of this can't end soon enough when can we move on from this for sure um, and then next uh, we have Swamp Thing continuing but, 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 but beneath that All Star Western 34 is the final issue mm-hmm it was still going. It's another book. I'm glad it existed. I can't say I read too much of it, but I'm glad it had its spot. I think the I think DC does well having a Western of any sort on the shelf, just for the variety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Green Lanterns, I don't want All Star Western to be replaced with a, a you know Indigo Core book or something like that. I don't need more Lanterns. I don't need more Superman. It was nice to have a variety for whoever wanted it. It just wasn't me. I guess it wasn't a lot of people because it's ending, but. Yeah, but I, I I agree with you though. I'm glad it existed. Uh, then uh, we have a bunch of digital first books. I'm actually not going to mention them just because I didn't realize we were already 54 minutes in and we haven't even talked about Marvel yet. I told you it runs long. It's what happens. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, in terms of just uh, a few things, I just wanted to take a quick moment to just mention uh, the Batman 75th Anniversary Commemorative Collection is coming out. It's kind of a weird. Uh, decision, I think, because, I mean, it's it just collects Dark Knight Returns, Batman Hush, and Court of Owls. I'm surprised that it doesn't have year one. Yeah. Because you would think that that's kind of like the biggest... I mean, I know Dark Knight Returns is probably the splashier Frank Miller story, but nothing exists without year one. Like, year one is the, the, the real, like, kind of uh, homecoming of Batman that post-crisis let's 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 ground the, the ground the guy and give him a really good solid origin and i don't think you're ever going to get better than that and so not having it there just seems weird yeah i can agree with that especially and also actually in some ways having batman court of owls next to hush because you couldn't have two totally different stories like they're yeah, com- I, don't, I don't have a lot of comment on that i, I agree with what you're saying but yeah um there's a dc there's a DC Comics Zero Year hardcover, which only collects all the tie-ins that they decided to throw out there, and not the actual uh, Batman book, or I guess two issues of Batman. It's one of those weird collections where 
the year one, the zero year itself is a long storyline, but we only get two chapters of it in this big hardcover. Um, I just don't get why they keep doing this. Yeah, and I don't know who's asking for every single tie-in. Like, I feel like, like if you if you really wanted some of the tie-ins, you probably just picked them up in single. And I don't know if you would pick up this book to get every single one of them. No. Um, it looks like Forever Evil's uh, trade paperbacks start coming out in this particular month, in August, uh, or at least they're advanced solicited for them. So they're actually coming out in September, it looks like. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up a few of them just to have on my bookshelf because I enjoyed them. Um, predominantly Arkhamore. I think it was really well done. Uh, not surprising because it's written by Tomasi, but uh, awesome. it was really good. I'm intrigued not so much for the story, but the Blight trade paperback there, the Forever Evil, uh, Forever Evil Blight, has 400 pages for $25. Uh, it's got a ton of issues in that little guy for for the price that a lot of the others are going for. Yeah, but it's also telling you a story you probably don't need to read. Well, I guess that's maybe they just lumped them all into one book and said, well, whoever buys it, buys it. But Kind of. It's just easier that way. Uh, and and uh, just a few other uh, special mentions. There's uh, a Martian Manhunter trade paperback by John Ostrander. This is collecting the 90s series. I'm impressed that they're going back and collecting this type of stuff. Uh, Marvel, for the most part, has been better at going back and going through their back catalog. So whenever DC decides, hey, we're going to do this, I always take notice because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, there's the Batman Gordon of Gotham trade paperback, which you couldn't get more eclectic if you tried. Uh, it's got four not very well known um, uh, GCPD stories from uh, the '90s, and uh, they're actually three different miniseries. So that I probably will pick up just because I don't think I've ever read any of them, and I love that type of stuff. And I want to hope that they'll keep doing stuff like this. Um, we have a new Harley Quinn trade paperback collecting what issues 26 to 38 of her previous series. So once again, a weird decision to collect this many issues, but I love that they're doing it. Uh, if you still don't own the original uh, issues of New Teen Titans in any format, because they've always been reprinted, uh, there's a new trade paperback, um, which I'm, in, I'm glad that they're doing it. So it's the first eight issues of Teen Titans from the 80s, uh, which is really good. I think actually there's also going to be a, a Nightwing Bloodhaven uh, trade paperback coming out soon, with, collecting the beginnings of his 90s series. So, I mean, I really like when DC decides to give us stuff that... Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter much anymore, but is still uh, quality reads. Bring it back so you can actually have a chance to purchase it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, usually I would go through and read out all the other stuff that's kind of on the solicits, but uh, I'm not going to do that at this point. A lot of it is licensed material or Vertigo. Um, instead, I'm just going to move forward, if you don't mind, AJ, to Marvel. Yeah, that's fine by me. Go right ahead. But... So... Uh, Marvel in uh, in August. So what's the first thing we got at the top here? Let's see. Scrolling up to the top. Marvel, 75th Anniversary Magazine, number one. What is that? That's a $10, 96-page something. Uh, now here's a question. I don't... Maybe, maybe I'm just dumb. Because it says 96 pages, all ages, and this is free. With an asterisk. And this says, check upcoming Marvel mailers under details on how to receive your free copies. But then, they're oh, I guess the retailer gets it for free, and then the, the the if if they probably order a certain amount of something, and then the customer has to pay 10 bucks. That's what it sounds like. Collection of articles, interviews, and insights into each decade's highlights. You know, 
Uh, the Adam Chapman for 14 years ago would have been on this so quickly. Because I used to get, like, the Wizard magazines that have, like, the Wizard magazine special and just on Spider-Man. And I used to gobble that crap up. I wish instead this had been called Marvel Highlights, and it was like a crossover from the old Highlights books that you had as kids. <laughs> I would have uh, paid $10 for a Marvel Highlights crossover. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, two issues of Original Sin coming out, so they're ending it. I like that... I. I I, I both like and dislike that Marvel's decided that with all their events, it's not enough to give you know give us a four dollar issue. They have to give us two in every month, but at least it's done faster. Yeah, yeah. What do you think uh, the cover of Seven of Eight there? You got a blurred out face. You got any guesses on who that might be? Uh, which cover is this? Uh, doesn't it just look like Cable? That's exactly what I was thinking. Looks like a maybe bald headed Cable or something, or maybe like a little tuft of hair. It's like, like the armor in Kate's, yeah. Yeah, definitely. like Cable's one of those characters where it doesn't matter if you see his face or not. His body kind of gives it away. Of course, he does have two normal-looking arms, so I don't know which Cable this might be. But True, they're not hideously I, jacked. Yeah. <laughs> or you know what? Actually, this could be um, this could be Nick Fury. There was a period where Nick Fury used to wear crap like this in the early 90s. He used to have so much stuff. Does he have stuff. strong blue eyes? Because clearly that's what we're seeing there. Yeah. Okay, it's probably not Nick Fury, but still. And it's probably not Nick Fury or poor Cable. We're probably terribly wrong, but whatever. Oh, well. Uh, uh, so that we've got two issues of that. Uh, not much is really said about them, just that it's the final judgment. Oh, I was going to say, on the variant cover of 7 of 8, what is up with the creepy Peter Parker-looking face there? I don't know. That's a really ominous, almost like Norman Osborn scowl Peter Parker face. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's Otto. Who knows? Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, after Original Sin, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 5 by uh, Slot and Ramos, which is a tie-in to Original Sin. I don't know how I feel about this uh, Silk character, but uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll reserve judgment until I see what they do with her. I will say we kind of jumped over Original Sin 8 of 8 coming out the same month, and yes. I'm only excited to see what in the world this like wave of new Watchers coming in are going to do. I feel like that's just going to be Watchers from the other realities. It could be. It could be. Or the other, I, the rest of the. Be one of those like corner, like end of the issue payoffs where like all the watchers show up, do something, and leave. I'm just curious to see what they're gonna do. Okay, fair enough. Probably nothing. Probably not much. But and the other odd thing is, it's a neat cover with whoever's being blasted with light right there. But the Reed Richards red Fantastic Four suit still bugs me. It's I want to I want to color over it in crayon or just I don't know something's wrong about the red suits. They bug me so much. Yeah, I know. It does. It just doesn't seem right. Exactly. There's just something historically off. Make it blue. Make it white. Make it something. But something about red just doesn't seem to fit. Anyway. Uh, the, so Amazing Spider-Man with Silk. My only issue with Silk. I will reserve judgment. My only issue though is that it just feels like they keep trying to pack in characters and concepts that go right back to the origin. I'm kind of done yeah. with it. Stop doing it. She's got an odd Electra look to her up there on the cover of the issue, too, with the dark hair and the kind of red, wispy suit. Um, yeah, I guess I so. Yeah, she does kind of look like Electra. Yeah, anyway. uh, then we have Original Sins... Um, I didn't know that this was apparently going to have um, the Young Avengers battling the hood. Which version of the Young Avengers? Um, I, to be honest, I probably won't pick this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
give the first issue a shot, maybe. See how it plays out. See if it's a decent enough tie-in. It could be interesting to read. The hood's neat to me, but yeah, I'll give it one and see how it plays. The, uh, the hood's so played out to me that that's part of the reason why I don't care. That's fair. I can, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, we got to see Nova. Um, super pumped for this because I've actually really been enjoying Jerry Dugan's run on the book. So uh, finally figuring out more about the Black Novas, um, I'm all for it. It doesn't seem like it's going to turn out real good, though. <laughs> you <laughs> don't know that. The first line is Black Novas and Sam Alexander's dad have been revealed. And then the second line is Sam's world is torn apart. <laughs> so that's probably not a good coincidence. Well, no. Uh, well, speaking of bad things in the solicits, Ben Grimm murderer. Yeah, yeah. I, I just scroll right on past it. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want this. Um, well, we just kind of about this in the last issue, or the last run with Fraction, and talking about uh, is Ben responsible for creating Doctor Doom, and he had like this whole guilt complex going, and yeah, it's just it's it's not what I, I would do with the thing, or what I enjoy seeing done with the thing is to make him the kind of bad guy or. or yeah. Anyway, that being said, going. that being said, and you're right, but I, I really, I love James Robinson, especially once I've listened to him actually be on podcasts and stuff, and I, I just think he has such an interesting sensibility, and listening to him as an artist or as a writer, sorry, and just talking about his craft makes me more interested and maybe a little bit more willing to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt because I feel like he does have a real passion for the characters and what he wants to tell the story. So as much as it might be silly that they're wearing red costumes, as much as I may not really care about the idea even for a minute that Ben Grimm is a murderer, I like the writer enough, and I do like the artist enough, that I'm at least willing to go along for the ride. I don't know if that works for you. Well, I mean, I, I can respect that. I understand that. I've, I've jumped on books just for the writer. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a, a good enough reason to jump on and see what they're doing and see what they're up to. And, and the worst thing is, if it's not good, you just don't pick up the next one so yeah absolutely uh then we got deadpool which i have not picked up and don't care about personally i'm right there along with you yeah i'm i'm curious to see if they actually make deadpool's daughter a thing or if that's just kind of a a gimmick for for right now or if it's one of those even worse if it's one of those is she isn't she we'll never really know maybe it's just kind of who knows and then we go into the next story so yeah no thanks no thanks at all yeah uh then we got uh daredevil um, by Wade and Rodriguez. I'm surprised that Rodriguez is on it instead of Samney, but uh, it's still probably going to be a gorgeous book, and I'm totally going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing they're just giving Samney a, a, a break or whatnot, but uh, I'm excited to see him in Wakanda, to see anybody in Wakanda doing things is <laughs> well, exciting. To- I'm excited about Wakanda, but not so certain. I, I do- I don't, okay, the original Sin stuff is going a little far, because I don't want to know about Matt's mother's greatest sin. Yeah. Technically yeah. speaking, wasn't that giving up, like, leaving her family? <laughs> well, maybe there's truth behind it. I don't, don't want to no know truth. <laughs> no truth. Stop it. Uh, I'm done with truths. Well, tough. We've got more truths coming up in Avengers 34. More original sin tie-ins. I know. Now, that being said, it's for Jonathan Hickman, so I'm okay with it. I'm more willing to accept that it might still be great. I'm curious to see what he, his endgame is playing towards with the uh, Avengers worlds crumbling and the new Avengers stuff and all the incursions. And it's, it's, he's, he's playing on it so hard that it's got to be leading to something. And I just don't know what of all this. You just got to re- re- keep reading. 
That's pretty much what he's telling me. Yeah, I mean, I, I got the newest issue this week, I think. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on now. But um, Avengers 34 in the center, is that the is the last Avenger supposed to be Iron Lad? Is that who that is in the center, or am I just looking at it wrong? No, it's well, it definitely looks like Iron Lad, but I feel like it might be uh, more of a callback to the futuristic Iron character in the, what, new uh, Avengers 24 or something? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't remember, though. It does look like Iron Lad, though. Interesting. I mean, obviously, it's Tony-centric, which is also odd because it says the first Avenger meets the last Avenger, but I don't recall Iron Man ever being the first Avenger, but clearly he's all over the cover, so... Well, technically and, speaking, the only where the only place where Captain America is called the first Avenger is the movies. But still, I don't remember Iron Man being... The original. He's one of the first five. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Maybe, uh, maybe he's the first one who answered the distress call, and thereby he is the first one. <laughs> okay, if Jonathan Hickman says so, I'll believe it. Sure. Um, I will say, as we start going down through these, what is your take on? Did you look look at the Shield variant covers, the Agents of Shield variant covers? Yeah, they're kind of interesting. There's a few of them. There's one I want to highlight later, but. Yeah, anyway, Avengers 34 has got an alternative I like uh, it. I like shield. it. It looks cool. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I want to come back to that later, but anyway. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, this is the issue I've been waiting for. You and me both. This is a must-buy as soon as it hits the shelf, because I have to know what in the world happened with Nova and the stupid cancer-verse. I'm just sad that it's Brian Michael Bendis writing it. I'm not going to say I'm going to be happy with the result, especially looking at the variant cover right there and a rather evil-looking Rich Rider. I, I don't that know being that said, isn't it do. nice to see that version of the costume again? It's so good. It's so good. It's good to see, honestly, that Thanos, too, because that's more the... that To me, he looked very different in Infinity. And I didn't hate it. It was just... I like the big kind of classic... Blue yeah, I think that was just because it was Chung. It wasn't anything else. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's that's fine. I mean, a little artistic license is A-OK, always happens, it's going to happen. But I just, I love so much that uh, variant cover of Guardians. Now, here's the thing. Actually, I don't think that's the variant. Really? I, th- I think the, the variant is actually the Alex Ross one. Oh, you're exactly right. That's the normal cover then. Even better, that's the one I wanted. Now, oh, the wait, Alex Ross one is really gorgeous. But... It is, it is. Now, my only problem with the regular cover is uh, Thanos almost looks too happy. That's what worries me. Thanos looks super happy, and Rich does not, which worries me immensely for poor... Uh, but since when is Thanos again. that happy? Uh, when he's killing a lot of people. Well, fair enough. Uh, then we have Uncanny X-Men 25 by uh, Bendis and Bacallo. Uh It's another original Sin tie-in. And what is Xavier's final gift? Yeah. I hope this original Sin turns out to actually just be like, Oh, I left... I left a cup of coffee on the dresser, and it left a coffee ring. Because poor Xavier just doesn't need to be any more of a dick, in you know, continuity-wise. Well, like actually, you know what? Here's the thing. Yes, he's been portrayed almost too much as being a secretive dick. However, yes. when he died, they kind of sainted, sanctified him. Yeah, don't get me started on the whole end of AVX and how it was all Cyclops' fault, even though nobody blames Jean Grey for much of anything, and... And yeah, I'm not going to get started on all that, but I, I'm curious to see what they do with this, but since I'm not picking up Uncanny already, I don't know if it's a buy. It's probably just uh, borrow my friend's copy and see what's going on, but I am curious. All right. Uh, then we have uh, Avengers 11, 
Uh, I like that this is kind of doing its own thing and not really connected to Original Sin or anything like that. Um, Caselli is a great artist. Nick Spencer is doing a great job on the scripting now that uh, Hickman's gone. Um, I'm excited to see what, what, what happens. Yeah, it's a fun book. I like it. Now, Avengers, New Avengers 22 and 23, this seems crazy. Um, the whole, this is the very end of all that we once were. So we're going to see, I guess, the Illuminati kind of shatter and then what happens to them afterwards. That could be really yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this thing's going to go because they're doing a whole lot of different little threads and tangents and whatnot. And I... Yeah, I don't know. I've actually got, since I've got this week's issue downstairs, I'm not, uh, I want to go downstairs and read it right now and just see what happens and where this thing's taken off to because it's going to get, it's going to get weird, I think, before it comes to a close with all the otherworldly stuff Hickman's bringing in and kind of raining down on them. And especially right now where it's at with the uh, alternative Avengers from other planets and I don't know. I'm big up on the interdimensional multiverse stuff, so it's just been cool as can be for me. Absolutely. No, it's been great. Although, I haven't been a huge fan of the Rags Morales artwork currently. I completely agree, and I know it's kind of shifting back off of that for at least a few issues, so I was good. To, I was happy to see a little more. Rags Morales is great in certain instances. It's just, I don't know that this is where I feel he fits the best um, with agree. his artwork style. Yeah. Uh, then we have Avengers Undercover 8 and 9. Um, this has been actually a lot of fun. This is a book I wish I was reading, but I'm not. But I really enjoyed Avengers Academy, and but that was that was the book before, wasn't it? That's the lead-in. It was Avengers Arena. That's it, Arena. I got the wrong A word. Yeah, Arena. Arena was a ton of fun to me, even if I can't remember the name. Um, and this, I want to get this. I just haven't gotten this yet. This is probably a trade buy for me. Um, that's fine. I mean, I'm st- I'm still getting it, so I'm keeping it alive. But uh, it, you know, it's. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm not so sure how I feel about Baron Zemo being used, just because I love Baron Zemo and I loved when he was heroic and or sti- right. like still a dick, but also his own version of being a hero. So him being kind of a villain doesn't quite work with me, but I like what they're doing with how they're putting the characters through their paces and really showing uh, true development on these kids. So that part is really good. Do you feel like heroic Zemo is something we're ever going to really see again? Do you think they're going to ever sweep back around to that no not at all i think I there's there's no reason to i think it's it's so of its time i mean the whole new new thunderbolts era feels very very antiquated now and like quaint um just because comics don't even feel like that anymore and then the minute that kind of run was over by uh Nish- Nishieza, then you had warren ellis and then thunderbolts became something completely different and and forevermore kind of changed that brand um, yeah. And then when we finally got to see um, Zemo again, it was by Rubaker, and he w- didn't make him an outright villain, but he was definitely more villainous again. Pushing him down that path. Yeah, so no, I and to be honest, it's probably not a bad thing because he's an iconic villain, and you can't take every iconic villain and make them into heroes. And for a while, that's what Marvel in, in, was doing. Um, so I mean, you got to let them let them be who they're going to be. Uh, it just makes me a little sad because I loved it. Now, I know you're a, uh, obviously you're a big fan of the Deadpool series, um, so what do you think about Deadpool showing up in Secret Avengers number 7? What okay. do you think about Secret Avengers in general right now? I don't necessarily mind, okay, I actually haven't read any of the three issues yet. I was a big fan of the first series, or sorry, second series, whatever series it was on previous to this one. Um, right. 
but then I've, I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. Deadpool is fine in small doses when he's a guest star. When it's his own book, I think he gets it comes on too strong, and then I'm done. Sure. That being said, sure. the fact that they he takes over the solicits and they just keep saying Deadpool is everything wrong with Deadpool. Too, a little too over the top for you? Absolutely. I just, and, oh, it's just, it's too enough, too much. And it's just like, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. Also, Deadpool. I'm done. Uh, Uncanny Avengers 23, we finally have the Uncanny Avengers reunited. It seems a little early for that to already be happening, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah, the cover solicit kind of gives away that I guess Rogue and Scarlet Witch and all aren't as dead as they appear and things are going to kind of reshift, but I'm, yeah, I don't know how it's going to resolve with Kang everything. It has been a fun book so far to me. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then we have Mighty Avengers, which I haven't really read at all. Oh, I was going to say right quick, coming back to that S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. cover for Uncanny Avengers, the, like, flip cover of, uh... Oh, cool. Uh, guy's name that I can't go. Um, the, Ward? Ward, yeah, 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 Ward. The Ward silhouette with, like, the uh, uh, tree branches going through between him and the dog, and then the flip side of, like, all the uh, teammates that he kind of betrays. I don't know why. I just really... And the Hydra, S.H.I.E.L.D., inverse moon thing going on there. It's a it's a really intricate cover for a S.H.I.E.L.D. variant cover, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, for sure. It is, it's it's uh, well it's done. Looking cover. Yeah, that was, that was all. I just wanted to give that little cover a shout-out. I really, really dig that one. Uh, so Mighty Avengers, I'm personally not reading this. I'm not either. Um, I hear good things. Yeah, there just wasn't enough room on the Avengers docket for, or the, on the on the wallet for another Avengers book. Fair enough. Uh, then we have Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man number four, which is Spidey versus Spidey. Uh, I don't know. I've, I think the, the whole way to, to kind of grade this is if it ends up being what it looks like, then this could be really cool. If it's just a fake out, then I don't care. And I can't imagine it being what it looks like. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Ultimate FF and All New Ultimates, both of which I've kind of steered pretty clear of. Ultimate FF I have not read, but I might pick up this issue only for that cover. That cover is my cover of all these solicits. My favorite one of the bunch, because I have <laughs> no idea what is going on there. Yeah, that's crazy weird. Anytime you have like a duckbill platypus galactus and a, a pig version of Miles Morales, and I, I guess Sue Storm's supposed to be a gorilla, I, I don't know what's happening here, but it's fantastic. Uh, the next up is Spider-Man 2099, number two. I'm definitely picking this up. Yeah, I'm up for one and two. Peter David's got all my money, so it's cool. For sure. Then we have uh, Superior Spider-Man 32. He's back. This is my big question mark. What What do we do with here? How is this coming back, and where are we going with it, and what verse is he? I guess the Road to Spider-Verse starts here. Yeah, so it, it does. It does start here. What I love about this, though, is that it, it, from everything that they've said about it, is that it would appear that this is going to explain. I mean, did you read Superior Spider-Man? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, do you remember when Peter Parker just uh, sorry, uh, Spider-Man disappeared into the future? Yes. And then he just appeared, and he didn't talk about where he went, and we never thought about it again. There were, there were a few instances where things happened and I didn't think about them again, but overall I enjoyed it. But yes, I do. I, I know what you're talking about. So this is supposed to kind of be what happened. Huh. Yeah, okay, well, I'll pick it up. I'll, I'll give it a read. So there's going to be two issues of that, and uh, this first one is by Cam and Coley and Adam Kubert of all people. 
So I'm totally in because Adam Kubert's got my money. Yeah, four ninety nine's a little bit of a tough price tag, but at least they do give you a few extra pages. So yeah, I mean I'm gonna buy it one way or the other to see see where they're going with it and see what the Spider Verse is about. Yeah, no, for sure. And I I was just a huge fan of Superior, so I'm just glad that we're getting him back just for a few minutes. Absolutely, yeah. Like he was just it was just I don't know it was, I really liked it and I was kind of sad that Peter came back. I'm probably no not the only one, but probably in the minority there though. The only thing I was disappointed with was how quickly it wrapped up. Um, but if a quick wrap-up was given because Slot knew he was just going to roll right back into bringing Otto back, then I can kind of accept that. It's like, well, we got to move this on so we can bring Peter back, but don't worry, Otto's coming back. You just don't know it yet. Hey, look, look turns out Otto's coming back. It's okay. Yeah, so, that's, that's hey, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, then we have Superior Foes of Spider-Man 14 as it continues. Uh, it's nice to see that the actual proper creative team is finally back. Yeah, but back for the end, because I guess... Uh, uh, it's almost it over. Rollicking tail, yeah, of evil to its penultimate hour, so... It's too bad. I'm surprised the book did as well as it did at three ninety nine. I think at two ninety nine it survives for a, a, a good bit longer, but three ninety nine is a tough price tag for the kind of... You know, C and D list foes of Spider-Man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the book. I really enjoy it, but I wish it did go longer. But I don't know if a three ninety nine price tag just kind of doomed it from the start. I guess the problem is, uh, you know, I, or the math would be that if they, if they probably thought, you know, for the amount of people will give up not getting because it's three ninety nine, will make enough money to make it worth it. Like if they're going to sell enough copies either way, and they thought, well, if we raise the price, we're going to lose this much, but it's not going to have that much of an impact. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business, and they they do go into these things with a lot of kind of, um, you know, they're, they're doing research. They they know what, what they, or they're pretty sure what the market can hold, right? So, although then we get issues like, uh, books like X Factor, where we keep getting two issues a month, and I don't know why. <laughs> they're pouring X Factors out right now. That's true. And like Black, I think Black Widow too, like they just kept, and even Punisher, they keep pushing those books and i like yeah. those books a lot but it's just like holy yeah, crap can it yeah. support that i don't think it can uh moving on we have uh amazing spider-man 1.4 um i'm buying this and i don't know why this learning the crawl i want to believe it could be entertaining and good but it, it's just not quite my cup of tea after the first issue but i'm i'm in for one i might as well keep going for the rest <laughs> Now, I find it interesting you've got that opinion, but when we were talking about Silk earlier, you were like, I'm so tired of origin stuff. I'm tired of rehashing this and telling me more and more about that. But that's kind of what this is, isn't it? Is all his origin stuff? Yeah, okay, here's the thing. There is technically, there, absolutely, it's very similar. However, there is one key difference. Um, this is kind of more of a retcon of something that happened in between issues, whereas the the retcon of Silk is adding something to the actual origin like not just the space between Amazing Fantasy 15 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 which to be honest we have mined quite a lot I mean Kurt Busiek did Amazing Fantasy 16, 17, and 18 in the 90s and then he did Untold Tales of Spider-Man so it's not like we haven't done it before it is a little bit different but it is still the same issue but we are retreading old ground um I, I think the only reason, uh, one of the reasons I'm giving this a little bit more of a pass is that Ramon Perez' artwork is so Ditko-esque that I'm maybe a little bit more okay with it than I should be. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, then we have Legendary Star-Lord number two. I don't know how he's getting an ongoing, but I guess he is. I'm getting, Well, he's getting an ongoing because they're getting a movie. That's the obvious. Like, clearly that's what's happening. Um, I know, but he has Guardians. I mean, I do you really think he can support a book? Do you think Rocket Raccoon can there with his number two? Um, I think Rocket Raccoon can more so because there's something about him being a raccoon that really gets to people. Plus, I think it's going to do it on the strength of Scotty Young. Yeah, yeah, writing and doing the art and coloring, though. I'll be curious to see if how long he stays on the book and or if the book continues to ship on time constantly. Yeah, well, um, and I guess actually the the bigger problem for both those books is that they're three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Again, the three ninety nine price tag hurts, but Marvel just seems to be stuck with that by now. Like, if it's not three ninety nine, they're not putting it out too much. Not necessarily true, though. There's some surprising books. Well, I'm saying for the for the vast majority, though, seem to be just scrolling up and down these three ninety nine, a few four ninety nines. True. There are some good two ninety nines. I'm just saying their their general price point. They love that three ninety nine these days. True. Um, DC's creeping up. So do we have uh, Ghost Rider number six? Um... Yeah, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed the first one. I, I I'm enjoying I it so second. far. Yeah. It's one of those things where if I see five and six are good, I might go back and pick up the first few and kind of keep going with it. I got, I got to see where they're taking this a little bit more before I fully buy into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, below that is the Nova special, which I'm just tired of them putting out these specials that aren't going to mean anything aren't really important to the ongoing continuity of those characters. They just have weird creative teams that we've never heard of, and they keep doing yeah. this every year. Yep. yep. So I will take oh. a giant pass on that. Um, then we have She-Hulk number seven. This is one of those great books that somehow got launched at two ninety nine. I like buying this book just to support the fact that this book exists. It's it's such a fun little book. And two ninety nine, you've got Charles Soule doing it. It's the artwork's fun. This is this is what my FF shifted into. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess it has. Yeah, and I mean, to kind of to kind of time it with this, they've also started um, release the complete collections of She-Hulk by Dan Slott as well, which is very right. similar in tone in terms of kind of the weird quirky underbelly of the Marvel U. Um, but yeah, no, I I've really enjoyed this series so far. It just has a certain sensibility. Uh, you get great done in ones while at the same time establishing a tone and a general idea. It does feel like I'm watching a She-Hulk TV series. This is what I would want a She-Hulk TV series to feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. By David E. Kelly. Yep, yep. It's what did, he does. Uh, on a quick side note, did you uh, did you read any of the articles about David Goyer's comments on She-Hulk, apparently last night? No. As of recording this? Yeah, look up that story when we get done, and uh, read read from what all he was saying on the podcast. I'm, I'm curious to get your reaction to it off-air later. But uh, he had some interesting ways of describing uh, She-Hulk here. Interesting. Okay. Apparently it's not his favorite character. I, I guess not. <laughs> um, colorful ways to say that. Wow. Uh, Alright. Yeah. Uh, we have new yeah. issues of Captain America by Romender and Pacheco. It looks like uh, Zola is back, which is interesting. Um, we've got Iron Fist the Living Weapon number 5. Um, I'm digging this. I don't know what's going on the cover of Iron Fist there. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know. What's yeah, happening? I don't know what that is, but uh, that being said, it's it's an entertaining book. It's uh, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily that worried with where like the last maybe five six years of Iron Fist history. That being said, yeah. 
it feels very timeless in nature because it's not worried about what's happened recently. It's just Kari Andrews saying, I want to do an awesome Iron Fist story. I'm going to do the art. I'm going to write it. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to have a good time jamming it out. And that's what it feels like. Um, I feel like this is the type of book where if you just clear your mind of continuity, which I know coming from me sounds ridiculous because I love it so much, but, uh, clear your mind of continuity. And it's just, it's such a, a, a tremendously entertaining book. I've always felt like Iron Fist is one of those characters where he's definitely got history and continuity to him, but, and I guess with his new series coming out, this may, or the Netflix series coming out, this may change, but he's one of those characters that is a very rich character that doesn't get the justice it always deserves, especially in the few past few, you know, iterations, but it's not such a sacred cow these days of, you know, it's no Iron Man or Captain America, so that you can still kind of tell your own story with him. You're not exactly beholden to, I don't know, any any mainline. Trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. No, I understand what you mean. I, I feel the same way about. I feel I yeah, feel the same way about. You can tell the story itself. Yeah, I feel the same way about Go Moon Knight ahead. because Moon Knight is also that character who everyone's kind of told a Moon Knight story. They're all kind of different from each other because <laughs> no one really cares that much about just about adhering to the specific version of Moon Knight. So every, you know, three, four, right. five years... Pardon me? I was going to say, he's got a rich history that you can definitely draw from, but because of the fact that he's not, you know, a, a typical mainline Avenger or something like that, you can kind of you can kind of have a little bit of free reign with him and be able to tell the story you want to tell. And I think it's good that characters of that level exist. So you can just jump in and tell this Moon Knight story that Ellis is doing right now and not... It's obviously still happening in incontinuity and stuff like that, but you've got a little bit more free reign to kind of weave a more constructive, you know, fun narrative, I think. True. Now, it looks like by this list for Moon Knight number six that maybe they're done. Because it says, don't miss the conclusion of Warren Ellis, Declan Shalvey, and Jordi Belair. And now it's poorly written because that's not a sentence. Um, but... I, I guess maybe they're done with their their arc, and maybe at issue seven next month we'll see someone new. It's what it seems like, yeah. Based off that, you're right. It doesn't exactly explain it too well, but that's that's what it we're led to believe. It's a shame because um, I have enjoyed their run so far. Yeah. Uh, bef- below that, we have a crossover between uh, Punisher number nine and Black Widow number nine. They're written both written by Nathan Edmondson. Um, both are kind of dark horse books for me in that I really didn't expect them to be anywhere near as entertaining as they are. Um, so them crossing over is actually pretty awesome. Although, again, three ninety nine for both of them. I'm not as big on The Punisher as I am Black Widow, but I'll probably, you know, just keep picking both of them up and, until until they lose me, um, if they lose me. But right now I'm in. I, I like it. We'll see where it goes, especially if they're going to cross over with the two. Yeah. Uh, we have Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number four. I can't say I liked issue one. I don't even understand what they're doing with Shang-Chi because they had that amazing issue of Avengers World and then it feels like you shouldn't be able to do any stories after that and yet he's everywhere still. Yeah. Yeah. With no explanation. I looked at issue one, almost picked it up, and then kind of flipped through it and it just, it didn't strike me too much. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a book for me necessarily. But, Yeah. yeah. Um, we have uh, Thunderbolts 29 and 30. I've kind of stopped reading this recently, so I'm kind of out of the loop and happily so. I'm giving this most awkward cover of the solicits. Yeah. Because you've got Ghost Rider kind 
that's surging up out of Frank Castle's stomach crotch area there. I know what they're going for with the whole skull overlay, but it just—it's a little—it's a little awkward. It's completely awkward. Um, then we have New Warriors number eight again by uh, Christopher Yost and uh, Marcos Toe. Um, I love the cover. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, that's kind of why I'm still reading it, is because I like the art and I like what the team could be. It just hasn't quite figured out if it can tell a story in less than six issues yet, though. And see, that's the entire reason I dropped it. I picked up the first two, and it just it wasn't going where I wanted it to for a New Warriors book for me. So it's just, yeah, it's not for me at three ninety nine. Two again, two ninety nine. I I probably keep reading this book and give it a better shot. But three ninety nine, it's just a little too off kilter for me. Now below this we have um, Inhuman uh, by Sewell and uh, Stegman. So Stegman taking over for uh, Joe Mad. Um, it has the return of the unspoken, so those people who love him in Heroclix, guess what? He's going to make a second appearance in comics. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful cover yeah. of Joe Mad, though. Yeah, yeah. I like, is This that... book had a certain thunder to it, and I was, I was excited for it, and I think like a lot of folks, the delay just really killed my excitement. And so... Maybe after the first few issues, uh, I'll I'll kind of jump back on board. But the first issue didn't exactly knock me out of the park, um, and I just I don't know. This really kind of slowed down and lost its oomph for me. Yeah, uh, we have new issues of Captain Marvel and Hulk. Although Hulk has a new writer, Mark Wade is now done, and instead we have Jerry Dugan jumping on board. Mark Bagley remaining as artist, however, so that's good. Uh, Jerry Dugan stepping up. He's got a lot of. So we've called his name out on this a couple of different times now. It seems like he's picking up a lot of books here. He is, and he's done a good job so far. So I'm okay with it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Electra number five by Blackman and Del Mundo. Uh, the first issue was absolutely gorgeous and amazing. So I'm really uh, excited about issue two. Well, and I, issue I, five, I, obviously. Yeah, I picked up Electra well, after we talked about it today off air, and uh, great first issue. Awesome stuff. Like it was, it was slow, but it 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 set up the mood, and it was it was beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be fast paced all the time. You know, that's coming. It's going to happen. So yes. I don't mind a little slow intro build to it. Uh, talking about a, a, a book that doesn't need slow build, uh, Savage Hulk. Uh, I'm actually excited about this. I mean, I Alan Davis, I go back and forth on, but uh, him writing and drawing, a kind of an out of continuity Hulk book yeah sure why not it's yeah I'll, you, you can tell me how it is in the reviews episode this is not a not a pickup for me it doesn't no? interest me that much no it's a pass uh, then we have Fantastic Four number 9 didn't we see another issue of Fantastic Four already solicited we absolutely I thought did because that was what Ben Grimm murder was um Fantastic Four number eight. Yes, way up in the top of the solicits. Okay, yes. so they separated them from each other, but we're going to get a double shipping month. Seems like it. Why not? Sure, they need more money. Uh, now, Miss Marvel. I'm surprised Miss Marvel was launched at two ninety nine. Uh, I like three ninety nine books partially because they have digital copies. Um, so Miss Marvel, I don't have a digital copy of. Um, I love this book, so I'm in. Doesn't this matter is what's happening. Books that absolutely glad it's two ninety nine because I don't know how well it survives at three ninety nine, but I think at two ninety nine it sticks around and is well deserved of its place in the roster. I, I totally agree. It's a great little book. 
Yeah, I'm really loving it. Um, below, we have Gardens of the Galaxy Annual. Why wasn't this with the regular book? <laughs> I don't know what's happening here at the end. It's a little little out of sorts. Bendis and Cho, and then we got All New Invaders number 9. I'm kind of surprised it's still running. Yeah, I, I glanced through the first issue, and it didn't really... It didn't catch me too too quick, so... Yeah, not for me again. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of like it. Uh, it's, it's got its own style, uh, kind of like New Warriors. A little slow, but I'm enjoying it. Then we got... The only- Sorry, well, go I ahead. The reason I pick up All New Invaders 9 is that uh, uh, that end tag there, plus how will Cap react to Namor in the aftermath of Original Sin? I'm curious to know if that's New Avengers Fallout, or if, because I think they're supposed to, Cap's supposed to find out that everybody kind of brainwashed him. Um, yeah, and he actually already what? has has noticed that. That came out last week. Okay, good, good, good. Um, yeah, so I'm curious to see if there's any fallout there because of that. But other than that, no, not not too much. Anyway, Miracle Man number nine. Miracle Man, I'm glad it's being published for those people who really wanted to read the original Miracle Man stories. It's just not me. I'm not that audience. Yeah, yeah. I find it interesting the issue is uh, going to be polybagged. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, you know what? It's probably because it's immature. Oh, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Uh, then we got Figment. I Okay. I don't, I don't know what it is. What, what is this about? Uh, Figment is a character from, I believe, like Epcot or like Disney Epcot. And like in the, they're putting it in a comic. I don't know why somehow it ended up in the middle of the solicitations, kind of out of place. Uh, is this one of like Disney tie-in kind of things? Absolutely. It's a Disney comic. Oh, I got you. All right, moving on. Uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man. It's Spider-Pig, okay. Good to see Peter um, Porter back. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble. I'm not. I'm. I don't care for that new. Uh, the new. The new TV series. So I won't be giving that a sh- shot. Uh, we've got uh, Silver Surfer number six called Perfection by uh, Slot and Alred. Yeah, you know I'm there. I I'm absolutely it. there. I love the first two issues. So um, if they keep giving me stuff like that, I'm going to keep buying it. Great team. Great book. Great stuff. All the way. And we got stuff that I don't care about. We got Wolverine Annual number one by a creative team I've never heard of, and it's one month to die. Who cares? Not me. Nothing like Wolverine and Jubilee lost in the woods. Great. Okay. Yeah, and then we got what Wolverine double shipping. So we got eleven and twelve, and we got uh, a bloody claws, bloody hand cover there. Yeah. So I guess twelve is going to be our death of apparently. No, I don't believe. No, it, there's actually a death of Wolverine miniseries, a weekly miniseries coming out in September. Wow. No, so, I did not know that. So even though it's a double sized series finale on the Wolverine number twelve, we're still not actually going to kill him in that. We're as far as I know, out. well, it says one month to die, not he's dying now. Oh, I guess I assume that would be the one with his hand. Yeah. We'll see the one above it, that Wolverine 11 says one month to die. They both do, because it's it's still one month away. Oh, that's absolutely right. Well, that's... God. (laughs) You can say that's stupid. It's okay. So you've got $10 worth of two Wolverine books in one month. Okay. And he's not even dead yet. still not dead yet. (laughs) Oh, beating the literal dying horse. Yep. Uh, Then we got all new X-Men 31... All right. It continues. Yeah, fun stuff. Uh, we got Cyclops number four. I haven't even picked up issue one yet. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's a, a monthly $4 book for me, but the first one was fun. I, I, I enjoyed 
the little story it's telling and kind of where it's going. I'm curious to see what type of things they actually encounter. Like, what are their what are their trials and difficulties going to play out to be? Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, then we got Deadpool versus X Force. Okay, whatever. I mean, that could be interesting. I I probably won't be reading this myself, but I like that it looks like they're trying to make it more accurate for the time period. So that's good. If you're a Deadpool fan or an X Force X Force fan, I see it as a big deal. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know who's who's grabbing it. Uh, Deadpool Dracula's Gauntlet. So this is uh, reprinting what was originally in. Uh, now this is kind of a piss off though. Uh, it was originally digital first, so now people can read it. Um, however, it's going to have an all new epilogue. So if you bought it digitally, you don't get the epilogue. That's kind of I a dick move. Like- I saw down later in the uh, solicitations, too. They're doing the trade paperback of this, I think, the whole thing. Okay. So I don't know why you wouldn't just pick up the whole trade as opposed to buying it in kind of segments. Maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it won't have it. Either. You don't know. That's true, I guess. Uh, then we got Magneto number eight. Um, it's good so far. So let's see what Colin Bunn gives us as we get to issue eight. Sure. Uh, Nightcrawler, I gotta say, I'm really enjoying it. I have not enjoyed a Claremont book in so long, but I'm lo- I'm really enjoying it, and Todd Knox doing a great job on the art. I think he finds his stride with, with Nightcrawler. I mean, if somebody's gonna write Nightcrawler, it's, it might as well be Chris, Chris Claremont all the way. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully it's up as good as it's been. Uh, we got Amazing X-Men 10 by Kyle and Yost, with artwork by Barberry, and it's World War Wendigo. Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a pass on this one. Really? I'm not a big fan of Wendigo and haven't been a, no, no, it's not that big, big a deal to me. It's a Canadian really storyline. I have to promote it and support it. Well, I'll, I'll support it for you, but America's going to pass on this one. All right. Uh, we got Wolverine and the X-Men 7 and 8. I haven't really been a fan of this. I haven't been reading it since it changed back over, to, or since it restarted at 1. Uh, then we got X Force, a book I have not really read since it's restarted because I haven't really enjoyed it. Right. Uh, but then we got All New X Factor number twelve, which I continued. Only one episode, one issue this month though, by Peter David and Carmine Diaz Domenico. So I'm uh, excited for that because um, they're a great creative team and the book's been fun. A sigh of relief on the wallet, maybe for a, for a month of only one four dollar book. Yeah. Absolutely, my wallet just went. Thank you. Uh, and we got Storm. I mean, every X Man's getting their own book now. So what it seems to be, and I just, I don't know. I'll be curious to see because issue number one, I guess, is the month before this, and nothing's out yet. Um, but I don't. There again, I don't know what story you tell with Storm, because once again, it's the disappearance of uh, behind the disappearance is one of her oldest foes, Callisto. So we're going to Storm and Callisto again. How is this? What's new about this? What do you bring to the table? Why is this worth $4? So far, nothing. Yes, maybe something, but so far I don't I don't see the, the poll, unless you're just a huge Storm fan. But I don't know who's asking for this book, necessarily. Uh, well, speaking of books I don't think I'm going to ask for, Old New Dupe? Uh, it's... Do you have a soft I, spot? I've got a soft spot, yeah. I had fun with it so far. I just... I'm probably going to get all five of these. I'm probably that guy that's going to have the, the little dupe set. Okay, you're that I'm, guy. I'm the guy that wants the dupe here. Click con exclusive. I'm, I'm the dupe fan. Yeah, I'm that guy. All right. Uh, then we have Savage Wolverine 22. I'm surprised this is still going. 
Yeah. But you know what? I think I'm surprised that this is cool. I think there's well, a market for this. This long, and now that we've got the Savage Hulk coming out too, it's obviously something's working about it. Well, I like the idea that the Savage books will be kind of out of continuity. Um, a writer or artist wants to tell a story with those characters, and they can just do it. Yeah. But I don't want to see a Savage Spider-Man. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> what about a Savage Superior Spider-Man? Oh my God! So many S's. <laughs> Uh, then below that we have uh, X-Men 18, but now we have Mark Guggenheim writing it instead of uh, Brian Wood, which I'm sad to see go, but I like Guggenheim, so hopefully it'll still be good. Yeah, I dropped this book about three issues ago. Why? It just, just kind of got lost in the whole women team versus women team, versus, and I, I'm all for a all-women team, but it seemed to be doing it just for the sake of doing it after a while and kind of stopped telling a story that I enjoyed. Um you even had like a female biovirus or whatever the uh, Sublime's sister is. Um, Archaea? Or... It just, it's, yeah, Archaea. It just stalled out on me and didn't seem to be telling too much. So I, maybe I'll see what Guggenheim does. And if it's good, go back and pick up the two or three issues I've skipped. But we'll see. I'll, I'll, ch- I'll check it out when Guggenheim comes on. Okay. Now I just want to do a, a few quick highlights from the trade paperbacks, etc. Because that's always one of my favorite things. Um, so we have the Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman Omnibus. Now, I, I'm actually not going to be picking this up because I have all the trades, but unfortunately they raised the price. Uh, I believe the last one was either 75 or 100 This one's 125 as solicited, which I think is a little high for only 832 pages, when uh, usually for that price point you're expecting a lot more. Um, think of how many, think of how many uh, trade paperbacks of that Blight series you can have. 400 pages each, huh? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, that's a lot more. Yeah, but at least this will be good. <laughs> it's an absolutely good I'm, pay- I'm paying for quality. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, the Marvel 75th Anniversary Omnibus. Now, they've actually recently put out a kind of a poll that you can nominate stories to be included in this collection. So we don't even know what's going to be in it yet. And it's supposed to be the best comics and stories from the last 75 years. So it should be interesting to see what gets published. It's a neat idea. Yeah. Absolutely. see what actually shows up in there. I'm more worried, though, because if it's just going to be, like, a lot of origin stories and, like, kind of, like, the ones everyone knows is going to be there. Like, if you had to pick, yeah. like, Spider-Man, there's probably five Spider-Man stories you'd probably put in there. Like, you'd probably put Amazing Fantasy 15. Um, you might put uh, Amazing Spider-Man 50, Spider-Man No More, uh, Death of Gwen Stacy. Like, you'd, you kind of pick the highlights, right? And I, I kind of worry about it because if it's only the highlights, it's a little less interesting. Well, and do you know anything about how they're actually doing the voting? Because it says once voting is finished, is there a list you pick from? Or is everybody just emailing comics they want to see show up in there? They're nominating. So you're not actually voting. You're just nominating books that will be on the list. I gotcha. I and gotcha. Then, and so then Marvel goes through the list. Email after email of nominations. <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 whoever has to deal with that, that's a pain in the ass. Sure. Uh, there's an Uncanny Avengers Volume 4 hardcover coming out. More un- more uh, hardcovers for all new X-Men. Uh, Uncanny X-Men. There's the first trade paperback of Miss Marvel, um, which uh, I will probably have on my shelf soon. 
Um, now, what's interesting is that the, they mentioned the new Epic collections that I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, what's interesting is that they've decided, I mean, it was supposed to be the, the biggest and best brands in the Marvel line. Uh, they recently decided to make Daredevil part of this line, which originally wasn't part of the plan, as the Fall from Grace book became an Epic. But now, somehow, Moon Knight gets slotted an Epic collection, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Where is he at? Oh, there he is, the October solicit. Yeah, yeah, Moon Knight. Yep. I just don't get how that's even possible. Like, how does he get one? The X-Men don't have epic collections, but Moon Knight does. Yeah, it, it's beyond me on that one. It's I mean, shocking. I, I, don't, I, I enjoy Moon Knight, but I don't think he belongs in that category above some of the others just yet. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, now, what's interesting, though, is that uh, in honor of it being the 75th anniversary for Marvel... Uh, you've got uh, the Epic Collections that are coming out this year are all going to be the Volume 1s. So, so far we've had like Volume, I think, 15 or 16 of Amazing Spider-Man and Volume 20. All these different weird uh, volume numbers. But for all these, you know, this few months of collections, it's all going to be Volume 1s. Which is basically the first 17 to 18 issues of each series. Which is, it's right. good to have, you know, a place to start. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And a uh, decent price point. Not too bad for, for what you get in there. Oh, oh, absolutely not. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, what, like 35 bucks, and you got 18 issues and it's all classic material. It's pretty much guaranteed to be good. So I'm yep. completely on board with that. Uh, going down, we have Infinity coming out in trade paperback. That's a very fat trade paperback. 592 pages in a trade paperback. That's insane. $50. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I see. I, I can see what they're going for because Infinity did weave through itself New Avengers and Avengers, so it's kind of hard to have one without the other. Absolutely, but that's that's a spicy meatball, a heavy meatball. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have Captain America, sorry, Winter Soldier, sorry, by Ed Brubaker, which is the complete collection of the uh, Winter Soldier run that he uh, did. It's kind of weird though because the whole run itself was 19 issues, so you really could just do Winter Soldier complete. But because they wanted Brubaker's name on it, we end up with an orphaned five issues that you have to get a separate trade for. It's one of those weird, yeah, weird things they do. I guess, uh, I guess they'll do it in a small little trade or something like that. Well, technically, just they already released it. Like they already have the Winter Soldier. I think was in four trades, so now they're taking three of them, putting them in one, and then making you still buy the the old fourth one. Yeah, yeah, odd decision. I guess they're just trying to kind of correlate with the, the movie, even though it's a little past time on that. Absolutely. Time this comes out, so. um, now, this is very disappointing to me and might actually influence my decision not to get them. Um, the X-Force by Craig Kyle and Chris Yost, the complete collection, does not include the chapters of Messiah War, so it's actually missing two issues of X-Force itself as well as the uh, the chapters that were part of Messiah War. So if you pick up the complete collection, you're still missing two issues in the middle. Seems like an odd choice. A ridiculously stupid choice. They just cost themselves $40. Yeah, yeah, safe to say. Um, then a bunch of the all-new Marvel Now titles are getting uh, their first trade paperbacks. I won't go through those. One thing I'm surprised we're getting is uh, X-Men The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Uh, I actually think it should have just been called, um, you know, The Adventures of Cable, because it's only the first Cyclops and Phoenix miniseries, but it's pretty basically everything about young Cable in the future. Um, right. With some interesting inclusions, including Ascani Sun, Books of the Ascani, X-Men Phoenix, etc. What an odd time to come out with it, too. I mean, I can't think of any real big tie-in for it, other than just, they just got it together and released it. 
I mean, I can't think of any big reason. Yeah, I can't think of one either. Um, there's a lot of more trade paperbacks. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, but there is a complete collection of Jessica Jones coming out uh, from The Pulse, um, which is also going to be uh, matched with an upcoming omnibus for uh, Alias, her first appearance, and one of her, like, an amazing book with uh, Jessica Jones. So you can soon have her uh, The Pulse collection in a complete trade paperback and the uh, complete Alias series in an oversized omnibus hardcover, which I love. I can't say I'm that super familiar with, but it sounds cool. It's really well done. It's some of Bendis' best work, to be honest with you. Yeah. Although it's really jarring to read the Alias stuff now because it was part of the Max line. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. So the fact that they're like swearing and it just, it feels so weird because she's part of the proper Marvel Universe now and a mom. (laughs) But here she's (laughs) like swearing and having like anal sex with Luke Cage. Like it's really jarring. (laughs) Well, it's a must buy for anybody then, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. Um... One thing that didn't get solicited this month is, and I guess it's maybe going to be next month, is uh, there's an upcoming Marvel's Companion. I think I talked about it in the podcast before. I'm shocked that it's even coming out. Uh, the Marvel's Companion is, technically speaking, a companion piece to Marvel's, the uh, what, 1994 series by Kurt Busiek and uh, Alex Ross. But in reality, it has nothing to do with Marvel's and is just a bunch of series that were inspired by Marvels around that came out around the same time, but includes one of my favorite miniseries of all time. It's so obscure called Conspiracy, and I never thought it would ever come out in trade paperback, but it's coming in just a few months, and I'm, like, super stoked. So that's a purchase for you just off the inclusion of that? Absolutely. <laughs> and to be honest, it also has a bunch of stuff which, like, the first... I remember, um... This must have been, like, 96, 97. I went over to my uh, neighbor's house because she had, like, the original kind of dial-up internet. And I remember going on, like, a, a the primitive Marvel site at the time to get solicits for Marvel. And uh, they mentioned this upcoming book called Code of Honor. And it was, like, this weird kind of painted look at the Marvel Universe through, through the aspect or through the eyes of a police officer. And very obviously inspired by Marvel's, which was through the eyes of a photographer. And I never saw those issues ever come out. And I knew they came out, but I've never seen them anywhere. And now they're being reprinted in this trade paperback. So I'm excited for that too, because whenever I get to read comics I've never read before, super exciting, because sometimes I feel like I've read so much that there's not that much left that Marvel can really surprise me with. And yet they come out with something like this that I'm totally on board with. Sounds good. So I think that is everything. (laughs) How long have we been doing this now? It's been about two hours. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. <laughs> I really didn't think it would be, and uh, it has been. I tried to go fast. The first time we were on this, I uh, I drug a few things out, not really realizing it. And I was like, no, let's go a little more rapid pace, and we still we still hit about two hours. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I thought we were going to go a lot faster through Marvel after a while, and that didn't happen. It just kept coming. There's a ton of stuff coming out. Yeah, there is, there is. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, bud, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, and I, I hope that this becomes a, a, a slightly more regular occurrence, uh, maybe not just on the solicits episodes, because these are involving and exhausting, uh, but also on reviews episodes or uh, you know anything else. I mean, uh, we have a lot of things coming up in the pipeline that I want to do on the show, and it'd be nice to uh, have you participate and actually have uh, episodes of the show where I'm not the only uh, person talking anymore. Hey, movie 
Movies Hero Clicks, comics, reviews, whatever. You, you let me know. I'll be back. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I think we're going to cap off the show. Do you want to give the uh, the sign-off for today's episode? No, no, no. You missed it on the last one. You, you've got to hit it on this one. <laughs> it's because my wife hates it. Uh, it's uh, Absolutely. All right. Well, we're done for this uh, this week. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.